There are already a confusing number of streaming services available to you. Soon you'll have one more option in Paramount Plus as Viacom CBS jumps into the streaming wars. I'm Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. With me to run through this new service is CNET senior reporter and media expert Joan Salzman. Welcome, Joan. Hey, Roger. So Viacom CBS held its big investor presentation for Paramount Plus, which is this rebranded and rebooted version of an existing service called CBS All Access. What did we get yesterday? Yesterday, there was this three-plus-hour event designed to unveil the scope of Paramount Plus as this revamped version of CBS All Access. Um, in, in a kind of inauspicious start, this event that was supposed to talk about how the company Viacom CBS is going to be really competitive in streaming ended up starting half an hour late because they were having problems streaming it. <laughs> so that wasn't a great place to start. But generally, you know, the main focus last night was squarely on programming. All the titles that they're going to be creating, the originals, the exclusives, movies and shows that they're going to be leading into sort of Viacom CBS's stable of networks and brands and intellectual property um, in order to hopefully, they hope, draw new subscribers to a service that has been around almost since the very beginning of services like this. Yeah, let's dig into that because CBS All Access has largely been known for shows like Star Trek Discovery and, well, Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Lower Decks, really just <laughs> Star Trek. Uh, what else are we getting from Paramount Plus and, and how does it differ from what CBS All Access had been about for the last few years? Generally, I would say that the basic proposition of Paramount Plus is pretty similar to CBS All Access. You know, some of the things that make CBS All Access a little bit different from other streaming services is um, baked into CBS All Access, you get a live feed of um, your local CBS channel. Most streaming on-demand streaming services don't have both that kind of like live and on-demand element integrated within them. That doesn't really change with Paramount Plus. The things that are going to be changing, like I said, it's really about how they're trying to expand people's concept of what this entire company includes. And so what I mean by that is that, you know, they're going to be making a lot more originals based on things from Comedy Central, MTV, from Nickelodeon. There's going to be a Rugrats reboot and an entire new studio dedicated to Avatar The Last Airbender um, universe shows and shorts and movies. Um, and they're going to be leaning really hard into the Paramount Pictures movie studio that the company also owns. They're going to be reviving some um, franchises from that movie studio's past. And they're also going to be bringing a few of Paramount Pictures' new theatrical movies to Paramount Plus to stream earlier than would be normal. Now, this is nothing like HBO Max streaming every single Warner Brothers new movie the same day as it hit theaters. But subscribers to Paramount Plus will have the opportunity to stream movies like A Quiet Place 2 um, and the new Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, I think it's seven is the number one. Yeah. You'll yeah. Be able, subscribers will be able to stream that basically a month and a half after those movies hit theaters. So, for example, The Quiet Place sequel you'll be able to stream in November. That's not as aggressive as, as some other streaming services, but it does change the proposition a little bit from what people were used to with CBS All Access. Right. 
And so let's get into some of the details. How when, when does the service actually launch, and how much does it cost, and did it does it differ from what CBS All Access was charging? Yeah, well, and you know, this is something I was kind of surprised that this is going to be such a confusing transition. What's happening is in one week on March 4th, they will essentially replace CBS All Access's premium tier with Paramount Plus. It'll launch on the 4th uh, in the US and across countries, some countries in Latin America, as a $10 a month subscription. And that gives you everything on the service ad free. Then in June, they're going to widen Paramount Plus to basically launch a cheaper ad-supported limited tier that's $5 a month. So that's comparable with a similar tier that's already on CBS All Access. So both of the services have these kind of like cheaper ad-supported tiers and premium, more expensive, all-inclusive tiers. But Paramount Plus is going to be rolling them out in this staggered way, which is going to create some confusion for current subscribers and also um, prospective subscribers. You know, there's going to be a period of a few months where there's going to be multiple apps that have the CBS name in them, multiple apps that have the Paramount name in them. And it's going to be hard. It's not a simple proposition for consumers to figure out what they want to get and where they can actually get it with all those moving parts happening at once. So, you know, we saw some difficulty with HBO Max when HBO Max launched last year, when they had not only HBO Max as an app out in the market, but HBO Go and HBO Now still existed as they made that transition. That was a really bumpy road for them for a while because of consumer confusion. Now add in the element that there's not only just like, hey, there's one subscription, it's one price, none none of that changed. Now add in the fact that you've got two tiers, one of which launches at one time, one of which doesn't launch until another time, and those things have different, they unlock different stuff. It does seem like it's setting up a really really bumpy transition for them too. Right. And and I'm already almost confused by the explanation, because if you've got a CBS... If you've got the lower tier CBS subscription now, what happens on March 5th? Do you just sort of keep it or does it get moved over? Exactly. That's a question I've asked um, CBS, uh, Viacom CBS to, to clarify, and we don't have the answer quite yet. But generally speaking, um, without knowing the nuts and bolts about how the transition period is going to work, generally speaking, if you are a CBS All Access subscriber already, um, whether that's for their higher tier or their lower tier, you automatically qualify for the comparable tier on Paramount+. Plus. I don't know exactly how the onboarding is going to work and that awkward transition time where there is a Paramount Plus premium tier, but there isn't a Paramount Plus base tier. It's going to be... Hopefully they can figure out a way to make it simple and easy for people. I don't know what that's going to be, and they haven't got back to me yet. And the only other thing I should mention, too, the only other thing that about the comparability between these tiers, between the old service and the new one, that that CBS Access cheaper tier is right now $1 more a month than what the cheaper tier for Paramount Plus will be. And part of the reason that they're giving it a $1 price cut is because with CBS All Access, both tiers, whether you're on the cheap tier or the expensive one, you get the the live CBS channel. That doesn't happen with the 
cheaper tier for Paramount Plus when it rolls out. You won't get CBS, the network live. You will get a lot of live programming. You're going to get, for example, NFL on CBS games. So you'll get live NFL games. Those are the things, those are probably the things that the single most watched live asset that CBS networks have, but you won't get, you know, all the date. Actually, I don't exactly know because I haven't exactly said how the base tier is going to differ, but you won't get every bit of live programming from CBS All Access. Okay. Well, that's confusing. Um, yeah. <laughs> from from the rest of the presentation, there was a lot. I mean, you said it was several hours long. Were there any other big surprises that jumped out at you? You know, some of the things that surprised me weren't so much announcements. I think that everyone had a general idea of what to expect from this um, presentation. We expected like kind of a shock and awe rundown of all this programming. The things that that, that surprised me, it did surprise me that um, NFL on CBS would be available to anybody who subscribes to Paramount+. Plus. That, that's a pretty big deal. Um, but the biggest surprises for me were things that they didn't talk about. You know, they didn't spend very much time on what the app for Paramount Plus itself will be like. They did mention that there will be some support in the catalog for 4K HDR and Dolby Vision, that there will be mobile downloads. That is that is something that CBS Access already has. There will be multiple, you can have multiple profiles. That's also something that CBS Access already has. Um, you know, they mentioned these things that would, you know, you would expect a service to have in terms of technological features. But they didn't give us like a walkthrough of what it's going to look like. And I think that's particularly important because CBS All Access as an app is one of the like worst rated apps among streaming services. You know, like it's not known for being technologically polished. Um, And so we don't the the assumption is that ViacomCBS has said that they've revamped the technology that delivers the service to but they didn't show it. You know, they didn't show us what that's going to look like. And, you know, there's only so much you can really take from what executives at a company say they've done to a technological platform if they don't show you what it is and you don't have the chance to, you know, get your fingers on it and really see it. So it'll be interesting to see if they're just sort of like changing the logos on the app and basically offering the exact same app as CBS All Access, which I think is going to be a mistake. But yeah, to answer your question, some of the things that I think were surprising is that they didn't tell us some of some of those important items because certainly an app actually working well is is as important as having really great content. For sure. Says one of the last entries in the streaming wars. And I know I've asked you this already or multiple times as, as each new entrant comes in. Is this too much? Too many services? How? Where? Where does this sort of fit? And I guess in your mind, who is the ideal Paramount Plus subscriber? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm sure Paramount Plus has an answer for it. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, maybe it's better to think about it in terms of the other streaming services they have. So another thing that kind of surprised me is that Paramount Plus didn't announce an integration with like Showtime, the streaming app for Showtime. Um, they did say that down the line, they would have um, discount and bundles where you could be a Paramount Plus 
subscriber and then sort of add on a Showtime subscription to that so you don't have two separate apps. At least I assume so you don't have two separate apps you need to go to. Actually, but yeah, you know, they didn't give us any details on that either. My point is, it'll be hard to know exactly who is going to be drawn into Paramount Plus. But we do know that Paramount Plus will exist alongside Showtime's streaming app, which is still going to be sort of the destination for that sort of prestige level of television and original movies. It will still exist alongside BET Plus, which is obviously directed towards um, Black audiences. And then it'll coexist with Pluto TV, which is their completely free ad-supported um, streaming service. Um, so they're kind of creating Paramount Plus as sort of the marquee mass audience offering that will allow you to eventually bundle on those other more niche streaming services to it. But I think that in terms of competitively, I mean, we already know that they don't expect Paramount Plus to reach a level anything like Disney Plus for ever maybe you know like their their projections for total subscribers are way less than what disney already has and what disney plus expects to have at that same point in time about five years from now so you know while a three-hour presentation where they're doing all these you know all this fanfare around originals it seems like their ambitions for what paramount plus can be if you compare it to you know Disney Plus, which I think a lot of people would agree has had the most successful new streaming service launch yet among the crop of new challengers. If you stack it up against that, then clearly they're not they're not as aggressive as Disney is going to be. And you can see that in, you know, how much they're willing to risk in terms of what they put on the streaming service versus what they're keeping safe for their linear networks. Right, right, definitely. They, they, they're definitely more into balancing traditional business, uh, the traditional business revenue stream versus this this new streaming opportunity. Joan, thank you for your time. You can check out our coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at the Daily Charge, or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co/slash/DailyCharge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For the Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>